Maggie, thank you so, so much for that. Um, so if you have your Bibles, grab those. That's where we're going to be this morning. Um, that will be our primary text that we'll look at. Um, got a few others we'll, we'll kind of look at, but where we'll be coming from is Luke chapter 9 there. Um, before we really jump in, I uh, want to just remind you of a couple of things. Like I said, busy, busy week this coming week. Very excited for uh, to be able to celebrate as we prepare our hearts for Easter, get ready for Easter. Uh, so we've got a lot of things kind of coming, coming to, to happen this week, so be sure and, and check your bulletin. Also, uh, a need that we have is out in the lobby. Um, when you come out these doors and go to, your, to the right, uh, there is an area there with a blanket hanging on, uh, hanging on the wall. Um, it's a prayer blanket, and so we have the privilege and honor to be able to pray for someone as they struggle, uh, as they go through some things, and so that blanket is out there. just want to point your attention to it, and so if you would uh, do us the honor of when you leave, uh, just going over there and just praying. The information and stuff for who it's going to, when, all that stuff, what's happening is right there on the blanket, and we just want to, I mean, we just want to bathe that in prayer and send it to them, and it's another way that we can, uh, we can love on, on people, and so the prayer blanket is... Uh, there. I, I don't know about for you, but as, as we were singing this morning, I just kind of had the surreal moment of as, as I get to stand before you and open up the Word of God um, and, and preach and proclaim uh, the, the truth of the gospel this morning, um, I guess just the surreal moment of, of the feeling of, man, like th- this is more than just some made up story. Th- this, is, this is more than just some fairy tale, some uh, people that get together and decide to put together a, a cool story and kind of uh, make it into something. And, and, and just, just I think that the thing that gets me is, um, I always come back to, is that these are real men and women, uh, just like you and I, in a real time, going through real events, real things, real happenings, good, bad, all the above. And so, so just like us, and I always want to point us to, uh, be careful and don't just read it as, as a narrative or a story. But, but it's so much more than, more than that. I mean, God's Word says it's living and active. And, and I also want to invite you that if maybe you're here this morning and you're a critic, I mean, that you, you're right at home. You, you are right at home in this place if that's, if that's where your heart lands or that's where you're at, that, uh, uh, to ask questions, to dive in, to look, to see. And so uh, I don't know why, I just, I just felt the need to say that this morning. It just kind of pressed upon me, I felt like, by the Holy Spirit to just say, man, everybody's welcome. We, we, we want this to be a place where, uh, where you feel right at home because there's, uh, we all struggle about from time to time. And that's what's the good news of this story that we're going to look at. The good news of the whole story that we know to be the Bible is that, is, that, is that we're welcomed in our mess to come in. That there's been an invitation uh, given. And so that's what we're going to really, really look at this morning uh, as, as, we, as we see this story here in, in Luke chapter 9. And so uh, this morning I just want to set our hearts to, to the time of the year, to the time of the season. Just kind of draw our attention to is what we celebrate in the church is Palm Sunday. This is the week uh, in the church year that we traditionally marks the entrance of Jesus into Jerusalem. Palm Sunday. This is the last week of Jesus' life as he goes to the cross, as he's buried, and as he's resurrected. But but what I want to do this morning is a little different. I don't want to just fully look at that story. What I want to do is I want to go back and I want to look just at the day when things really change in Jesus' heart and Jesus' eyes. When there's this change to get to this day, when, you, when we see that in the scriptures here in, in Luke 9, and so the day that everything changes, that's what I want to focus on this morning. That's what I want to draw our attention to this morning. As he gets close to Jerusalem and, and that dreaded cross that would allow salvation to be had and those that would, by faith, believe and enter into relationship with, with him and, and, and he be the sacrifice for sin. But I want, to, I want to get us to the place where everything changes in his heart and gets him headed that direction. And so my hope, my hope for us this morning is this, is that the Holy Spirit would stir and that he would work and he would move in this place 
And he would stir so much in us this all-consuming desire to set our face on the call of God in our life to follow and pursue making Jesus known at all costs. At all costs. And that all of this would be a result. That would be a result of what we see this morning in the scriptures as Jesus does that. As he, as he sets his face, as he sets his heart, as he sets his determination and commitment to the purpose that God had called him to. So my prayer this week for us has been this, is that God would wreck us. Is, is that God would just break us in this moment as we look at his scriptures. And, and that we would be forever changed. That we would not leave this place the same way that we came in. But that we would be forever changed, willing to, to turn and pursue him at all cost. Regardless of what, what may come as a result of that. that. That we would pursue and go after with a reckless abandonment. And so I just want to press us just for a moment. In hopes that we can feel the weight of why this is so important that we can feel the weight of and we can feel the, the seriousness behind what's really happening, what's really taking place in our day as well as in the day that we're going to look at. So Romans 5, 6 says this. You can turn there if you want, but, but I just want to read this to you. Romans 5, 6, Paul Penson says this. He says, For while we were still weak at the right time, while we were still weak, at the right time. At the right time is going to be a, a, a big statement there because we're going to see that here in a few moments in Luke chapter 9. But, but while we were still weak, at the right time, a time set by God, a time of God, a time ordained by God, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. For one will scarcely die for a righteous person, though perhaps for a good person, one would dare even die. But God. But God. Not just anyone. Not just, not just a God, but the only God, the only God. But God shows his love for us and that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. That's what we celebrate. That's what we cling to. That's where our hope in everything is found in the fact that God shows his love for us. And that while we were still sinners, he dies for us. So when Jesus sets his face toward Jerusalem, as we'll see here in a few minutes. He, he does so knowing, knowing good and well that, that we are the weak. That, that we, that I, that you, that we are the weak, that we are the ungodly persons that are not worthy of rescue. We're, we're not worthy. Of, he says there that, that maybe somebody would die. Maybe, maybe just, scarcely somebody would die for a righteous person. Maybe perhaps for a good person even someone would die. I mean, I mean not, not for the worst, not for the bad, not for the, uh, uh, the, the weak, not, not for, but, but that's who Jesus comes and dies for. Because in all reality, us being born, that's the condition that we're born into. And so my heart and hope is that that sinks in this morning as we look at where God's got us. So, so would you join me as, as we pray, and then we'll, we'll jump into Luke 9 here in a second. Father, help us for the weight of that. Father, help us, God, get a get a, an understanding, a deeper understanding of what that means. Of your great love toward us and for us that you would send your son to die a criminal's death and pay a ransom that only he can pay. Father, thank you for this time. I thank you for this gathering that we get to open up your word, that we get to pursue you in this. Father, I pray for the hearts here that maybe don't know you as Lord and Savior. God, God, that you would awaken in them, that you would awaken in their heart their need for you, and that you would save. Father, that you would, you would help us remember, Father, as we, we step into Holy Week, what you've done and accomplished. Father, help us feel the weight and never forget. In your name we pray. 
Amen. So as I, as I was studying and reading this week, kind of just, just looking into some things, and um, especially with just the, the verse that we're going to look at this morning there in Luke 9.51, uh, my mind, I was reminded of, of an interview that I saw a while back, and it's an interview, just kind of this, this thought of consuming passion, and, and, and a consuming passion is one that would lead to, uh, to try to be the best ever in the world, to try to uh, win as many championships as you possibly could, and it was a, a story about Kobe Bryant, and um, in this story of Kobe Bryant, um, uh, there was another basketball player who uh, was, was a, one of the best collegiate basketball players uh, at the guard position that, that we've known, played at Duke. Uh, Jason Williams was his name. And so um, they're interviewing Jason Williams, and Jason is there and um, is talking and says that he's going in one morning to, to go work out and kind of, uh, it's, it's in between seasons, so the season's not in, so it's kind of that, that lull, that dead period of time. And so he's, uh, he goes into the gym and he begins to kind of uh, get there, and as he does, uh, he's getting changed and he comes out, and when he comes out, he sees Kobe Bryant in the gym. Now, he didn't, like, just kind of wander into the gym, like, at 9 or 10, 11 o'clock. No, he, he, like, he gets, Jason Williams gets to the gym, like, at, like, at 5, 36 o'clock in the morning, and Kobe Bryant's already in the gym, like, sweating profusely. Like, he, he's just saturated, covered in sweat, has been there who knows how long, working out and doing and trying to get better at, at, at basketball and, and grow and learn. And so, um, so it says that Jason, he said he went ahead and he changed and kind of got ready, worked out a little bit, uh, and then he went to the gym, did some drills, did some things, and said that he was there for about three hours. And so he, he comes back out, and he gets changed, showers, all that stuff, and he gets ready to leave, and he still hears some madman in the gym going crazy. And he goes in, and he peeps his head in, and, and there's Kobe Bryant continuing to go. Continu- I mean, I mean, and he had been there for three hours himself working out and doing. And you've got Kobe in there, and he, he says that he, he can remember that distinctively, and he, he called Kobe some years later. Jason had an accident that took him away from basketball, a motorcycle accident that, that ended his career. Um, but he can remember calling Kobe Bryant and asking him that question, and Kobe said, man, I'm I wanted to be the best in the world. I, I, wanted, I, wanted to, I wanted to win championships, and I wanted to be the best that there's ever been to play this game. And he said, so, so I was going to do the work necessary to make that happen. I was going to be committed so much so that I would do whatever I needed to do, the focus to accomplish what I wanted to become, no matter how crazy it seemed to you. Uh, and, I, and I wasn't about to let you come to the gym, work out, and, be, and beat me out of here. That, that I was going to show you that, that you come and you do that and you think that you can, but you can't because I'm going to work even harder and I'm going to try to accomplish and do even more. Now, now basketball, basketball, that story there with, with basketball, is just, it's a game, right, that, that in the end doesn't do anything for us eternally. It, it does nothing for the soul. It doesn't rescue us or redeem us. And so as we look at this story this morning and we know who this story is about, it's about Jesus and it's about Palm Sunday and him coming to the last week of his life, uh, the, the stakes are much, much higher. The commitment level here is much, much higher as, as Jesus' dedication uh, uh, to the purpose and mission that God has set before him. And he willingly steps into it, as, as crazy it may have seemed to be in the gym for that long. This is even a greater call on the life of someone. And it's one that I would argue that we've been invited into to participate and be a part of as well. So Luke 9.51, this is what God's word says as we walk through this verse. When the days drew near for him to be taken up, so again, this, this is just a reference of the crucifixion and resurrection. Uh, this is a reference of, of his life, his mission, his purpose. It was, it was all about to come to a head is what it is. And, and what we read over in Romans 5, 6, is just a, a culmination of that. At the right time, Christ died. Th- this is the right time. The time has been set for now. This is when, when, when Jesus is to start to draw near and start to, to, to take off and head toward what we know to be the end of his life. 
What we know for him to go and be that sacrifice of all sacrifices. And so what we see early in Jesus' ministry is that, is that he was out and he was kind of hush-hush about things. His disciples, would, he would warn them not to let anyone know yet. He would warn them to be, to be silent, just to, to be quiet and not to let the word get out. He didn't, he didn't want to short-circuit God's plan. He didn't want to uh, uh, circumvent it. He didn't want to go around it. And so he's, he's very kind of secretive, kind of just, just in and out, doing some things and pointing glory to God. And, but, but now in the story, everything's going to change. Everything is about to change. And if, and if you'd read on in this story, you're going to see that as he sends, as he sends the disciples out into Samaria there here in a few minutes. Everything changes in Jesus' heart and in his mind and in his, and in his direction here. Well, because the time drew near. He, he knew what his life was for. He knew the mission of his life was to be a very ransom for fallen mankind. So when the, the days drew near for him to be taken up, he set his face to go to Jerusalem. And so a very, very important moment in Jesus' life is what we're reading here. Because at this time, something changes in Jesus. This has been something much, much different for Jesus than it did for his disciples. Something much, much different for Jesus and his disciples. Like, like you can see uh, the visions of, of greatness that dance in their heads and their hearts as, uh, just a few verses later as, as when they thought of Jerusalem and what it meant for them and, and, and what Jesus knew it meant. It was, it was much different for them. Like Luke 9.46 says this, it says that an argument arose among them as to which of them was the greatest. So, so you've got Jesus' disciples just shortly before this verse. I mean, they're arguing about who's going to be the greatest. I mean, you see it in Scripture, like who's going to sit at the right hand of Jesus? Who's going to be, who's going to be there with Jesus? Who's going to be uh, 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 elevated to, to, his, to him and with him? And so in their mind, whenever he sets his face to go to Jerusalem, they're thinking glory and honor is right around the corner. They're thinking finally, finally things will be better. Oh, what it meant when, when Jesus took the throne what that would be and see they're thinking of an earthly throne they're longing for things to be better here and now for the kingdom to be established in this moment so for them jerusalem carries a much different weight than it does for jesus as they think they get there what will god do god's people will finally be restored They'll finally have the prominence that, 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 they've, that they've been promised through God. They'll finally uh, 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 rule and reign. They will no longer be the footstool. They will no longer be uh, uh, beat up and, and mocked and, uh, and have to worry about anything. They will finally be established back into prominence. Those are the things that are running through their head. But when Jesus sets his face to Jerusalem, finally will be restored. Finally things will be made right and how it should be. They'd get to rule and reign with him as their long-awaited king. That's where their mind and their heart goes. As, as, as Palm Sunday approaches and they, they come into Jerusalem and, and he's riding, uh, riding on the donkey and the, the palm leaves are thrown before him and they start to make shouts of Hosanna as, as, as in their mind and their thinking is finally the king's here. Man, how are they going to overthrow? How are they going to rule and reign? What are they going to do? How is Jesus going to establish himself as king? That's what's happening in their mind and hearts, but, but not for Jesus. So he, he had a different vision and understanding of Jerusalem in, in his head and in his heart. See, see, for Jesus, what Jerusalem meant was certain death. That's what it meant for him. It, it was death. It was an establishment of a kingdom in a different way than anybody has ever known or dreamed of. 
It, it, it wasn't by, uh, by brute force, but it was by willing sacrifice. That's how he would establish his kingdom. That's how he would make a way. See, the disciples, their, their minds were, they were too limited to the moment, to the here and now, and Jesus was, was for the eternal. He is beckoning and welcoming a kingdom of, of, of eternal significance. Not just momentary, not just moment suffering, not just moment difficulties, not just, not just some hardships, but, but, but he is beckoning and welcoming for an eternal kingdom that's coming where there will be no more of that. Where everything will be established back, will be put back the way it should be. There, we won't have to worry about somebody coming up in a school and shooting people like we did this week in Tennessee. We won't have to worry. There's no more of that hurt, no more sin, no more shame, no more struggle, none of that. And we were the King of kings and Lord of lords. And they thought they were getting that here in that moment. That that's what was happening. But for Jesus, he knew it was different. He, he knew it was certain death. Not just that, he knew the kind of death that it would be. It wasn't just going to be a quick, heroic kind of death. Just kind of go out in a blaze of glory in a moment. That, that's not what this death was. It, was. it was horrific. It was torture. It was mockery. It was abuse. There was belittlement. So much more that was in store for Jesus as his death awaited him there in Jerusalem. And what we see is he sets his face to, he sets his heart to, he sets his desire and direction to the very place that would require his life. See, see, it, would be, it would be like today's world, us uh, driving up to a maximum security facility and be like, hey, hey, we're, we're, here, we're here for the, um, uh, for the death chamber. We're here for, uh, uh, to be, be taken out. And we knock on the door like, I, I, I'm here. And they look at us like we're crazy. Uh, like, like, no, no, like, like put me in the chair, strap me down, do your thing, electrocution, whatever you got to do if you do that, or if you do, do lethal injection, whatever you have to do. I mean, this is where Jesus is headed. Knowing good and well what's awaiting for him there. Uh, knowing good and well in the day that he arrives, they're going to celebrate and they're going to go crazy. But, but not long after that, they're going to turn on him quick. The very ones who, who cry out uh, that they love him, that, they, that he's the king, that he is worthy. There's going to be cries of crucify, send to the cross, give us the criminal that deserves death. He, he knows and he is aware. And so as I thought of that, that picture of, of today's world and, and the death penalty and, and, and the thought of how much more humane that is than even in Jesus' day. I mean, how, how much more dignified it is, no matter how horrific the crime that has been committed to the one that deserves the death penalty, no matter, no matter how horrific, how much more humane it is in our day than it was in Jesus' day. The most heinous crime, uh, 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 the death penalty doesn't, um, isn't nowhere near as brutal and horrific and belittling and stripping of your dignity as what crucifixion was. And Jesus knew that's what Jerusalem was for him. He knew that's what was awaiting for him. One that was guilty of no crime and not deserving of death who would willingly walk to and set his face to so much so that this point in the scriptures that that's his driving force and passion is to get to the cross. That's the longing of his heart is to make a way for the world. And so that's what we see from this point on in the scriptures. This direction will take him to his death. This is the very turning point in his ministry, in his life. And so after this, uh, Galilee would no longer be the place that he would reside. No longer be the place that, that, that he would spend a lot of his time. And so when he sets his face to go to Jerusalem, he sets his face to die. 
He sets his face to die. So my question for you this morning is this. What have you set your face toward? What have you set your face toward? Have you set your face toward Jesus? I mean, that's the first great question. Have you set your face, your heart, your desire, your longing, everything toward that of Jesus? The reality of who he is. The reality of what he's done and accomplished. The reality that salvation is only found through him and him alone. And then not works, not doing a bunch of stuff, not church attendance, not being nice, not reading the scriptures, not, 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 none of that stuff, but, but, but faith in his, his work on the cross. I mean, have you set your face and your heart toward that? To truly live for that and him? Because if not, then maybe today is the day that you set your face toward Jesus as Lord and Savior. And, and, and second thing I would ask with this thought of setting your face toward, what... what what death have you died or what death do you still need to die? Like, like Jesus didn't get there and just kind of like play with it. Like, okay, I'll kind of halfway do it. Or, uh, I mean, let's think of a different way. There was none of that. He, I mean, he went fully in and died a sacrificial death. Which is what he beckons us into in relationship with him. To die to self. So, so what death do you need to die? Is there comfort that needs to be done away with? Is there complacency that needs to be done away with? Is there selfishness that needs to be done away with? Is there a sin that entangles you over and over and over that, that, that needs to be uh, done away with and put to death? Because the way you do that is you come to Him and you lay it before His feet. So what have you set your face towards? What, what purpose or mission has God given you? What kind of commitment and abandonment have, have, do you have as it pertains to following Jesus? I mean, I think of that story as I, as I shared earlier about Kobe Bryant and the commitment level that he had. The amount of work and commitment and desire and passion that he had to try to be the best. And I think, man, man how, I mean, how great of a basketball player. I mean, we've got all, the, all the, the, the videos to go back and look and the things to see and the little clips here to check out and, and to watch and to see that. Uh, and I think of that and I think, man, how, how sad is it that we, the church, are not that devoted and committed to the Lord? That, that we're not willing to lay down our life that much to sacrifice of our time, to sacrifice of our finances, to sacrifice of our energies, to sacrifice of our efforts, to sacrifice of, of, of you name it. I mean, the man would spend six, seven, eight hours. Like I heard once before that he would get up in the morning, he would have kind of a pre-breakfast. What the heck is pre-breakfast? He has pre-breakfast and then he goes to the gym. And like I'm not talking about like the gym to like just shoot basketball. Like he goes to the gym and works out. And then he, then he goes to the gym and he plays ball and does drills and does stuff like that. And then he comes back and has real breakfast. I mean, what is like, what's pre-breakfast and real breakfast? And then after that, he kind of rests for a few minutes like an hour, hour and a half. And then he goes back to the gym and does it again. And then he comes back and he has lunch. And I'm like, okay, I played football. I get the two-a-day thing. Maybe he's, but he's not done because he goes back in the afternoon, evening and does it again. And he comes home for dinner. And after he has dinner, then he kind of like chills for two hours and does nothing. But maybe watch some video. Maybe watch some stuff on other teams. Maybe try to pick up little things on, on other opponents and things like that that he hasn't been aware of. I'm just like, man, this, this, guy's, this guy's crazy. I mean, it's not, he's not even in season, and he's doing that. He's not even in season. And we as the church, I mean, you, you beg us for an hour or two, and we'll fall apart. I mean, I, I, mean I, I, give, I give you 45 minutes to an hour and a half on Sunday morning. Maybe a small group through the week for another hour and a half. 
I mean, at best, we'll, we'll log two to three hours, right? I mean, we, we've got, we've got a, a spring fling ding. It's not fling ding. They well, didn't have enough Gs. But it's spring fling coming up. We're going to have another G next year. That's all I've got to say. It's going to be a fling ding next year. We're just going to get the fling and see how it goes. It'll be a ding next year. It'll be awesome. But um, this is like, it'll build. Just hang with me. It'll build. But, but man, like, 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 like we, 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 we do. And we put this out there, and, and the heart is not just so we can just come and have fun. Yeah, I want us to have fun. I want us to enjoy, but I want it to be a service to the community. Like, like, I want us all to be there and just, like, meet people and talk and have conversations. I want us to go, and I want us to serve. But it's the spring day. We're supposed to be happy. You're going to have, there's four hours. of You can't have fun for four hours straight. Okay, you can, but I would encourage you not to because there's food trucks and a lot of good, it's, you just don't want to do that. You want to take a break, so serve during your break. Come and give your life away. I mean, there's going to be things for children there. There's going to be, there's going to be a petting, there's going to be all this stuff, petting zoo, bounce houses. We, we need help kind of uh, navigating people into park. I mean, there's just, there's all kinds of things. Not to mention there's going to be people from the community that don't go to church. And we have an opportunity, right? This isn't even like us going to them. This is them coming to us. Like, this is the easy stuff. But, but, but to come and have gospel conversation with people, to come and just look for people that you don't know and drum up conversation, and that, that freaks some of us out. Well, I give you an hour on Sunday. Or I kind of did a small group thing. Or I, and to think that he spent hour upon hour upon hour in the gym. And if we're lucky, if we're lucky, our, our week totally following and surrendering and pursuing him may, may equal up to one day of his workout to be the best in basketball, which amounts to nothing. Nothing. A statue or a trophy? That'll all burn one day. It, it'll, be, it'll be of nothing. Nothing. So, so, so what have you set your face toward? What purpose or mission has God given you to follow out and to, to, be, to, to recklessly abandon everything for it? To, to go after with everything in you. What is your Jerusalem? Where are you headed? Where are you going with a passion and fervor that is unmatched by anything else in your life. And I would, I would press you this morning. Let that be Jesus. Let every ounce of your energy, every ounce of everything about you be that of Christ. Be that of calling on your life. Be, be that of making much of Him. Be that of telling people. Be that of sharing and living out what Jesus is like. See, Jesus came to live a life of sacrificial dying service before he comes again to rule and reign in glory. And church, this is what he calls us into. He calls us into sacrificial death. So, so what we need to learn, what we need to get is that Jesus' journey to Jerusalem here is our journey. His journey is our journey. And, and if he set his face to go there and die, we must set our face to go and die with him. That's the call. That's the call on our life because it's so easy to be tempted to, to reason and go the opposite way, is it not? It, it's so easy to, to, to try and to skip the struggle and the difficulty and the call to die and just to live a, a fluff, fluff life of, of nothingness. And so, and so if we're not careful, we'll, we'll begin to think, man, he, he suffered so we could have comfort. That's why he did it. 
He, he did it to make it better for us, right? He did it to make it better for us so we can be comfortable. He, he died, why? So that we could live. Yeah, that's why he did it. He, he died so that we could live. He bore abuse so that we could be esteemed. He did it so we could be elevated. He gave up uh, the treasures of heaven so we could lay up treasures on earth. That stuff will start to creep into our mind and our hearts. Or he, he, he brought the kingdom and paid for our entrance, and now we live in it with him. And all of its earthly privileges. We'll begin to think that. We'll begin to, 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 to believe that gospel. That is a false gospel. That's not the gospel. That's not what Jesus has called us to. That's not, that's not biblical thinking. That's worldly thinking. That's not gospel thinking. That's an anti-false gospel thinking is what it is. And it's a gospel that's being presented today in our world. In churches. But that's not what Jesus is doing. That's not what he accomplished when he set his face to Jerusalem. It goes against the very heart of God, right? Like you've got Luke 9.23 as, as the band comes back up. You've got Luke 9.23 as we, we start to wind down. When he says this, he says, if anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross daily, and do what? Follow. That's what we've been invited into. That's what Jerusalem looks like for us. Uh, knowing that there's some eternal significance and weight and blessing. But I don't live for the blessing here. I live for the eternal there. That's what I live for. That's what I long for. So as he set his face to Jerusalem, he knew what he was, he was walking toward. And church, the reality is this. He has given us the same invite with, with the same benefit. You, you know what it is to be a follower of Jesus in today's world? You, you know what's going to be required of you. He, he, he lays it out in the scriptures. If anyone desires to come after me, let him deny himself. Not about you, not about you, not about you, not about me, not about me, not about my wants, not about my likes, not about my desires, not about me, not about me. Deny yourself. My gosh, we live in a day that doesn't know how to do that. We live in a day that has no self-restraint, no self-control. We live in a day that we can't tell ourselves no. We deserve. We've been lied to and we believe it and we love it. It makes me feel better when I get. It makes me feel better when I feel better about myself. I mean, nobody likes me more than me. And Jesus says, well, if you like you that much and you can't like him and love him the way that's required. So Jerusalem is to come and die. Deny yourself. And then let him deny himself and take up his cross daily. So it's a daily death that, that we enter into. Jer Jerusalem for us, as believers and followers of Jesus, is we wake up every morning dead to self. All right, how do I die today? How do I deny myself today? And I really want to go here and do this. But I'm dead to self, and God, I'm alive in you, and whatever it is you have for me, wherever it is you want me to go, whatever conversation you want me to have, whatever uh, uh, maybe weird, awkward thing I need to get involved in, God, I just, I just want to follow you. I've died to self daily. And then come, he says, and let's do this. So when Jesus set his face to walk the Calvary Road, he wasn't doing it just to take our place, though he does that. He wasn't doing it to just take our place. He's setting an example. That's what he's doing. He's being our pattern, beckoning us to come and die and join him in mission. That's what he's doing. And invite to come and join him in the mission. So Luke 9.51 says this. When the, day, when the days drew near for him to be taken up, when that time, when that time had come for him to be taken up, what does he do? He sets his face to Jerusalem. He sets his face to what's to come. He sets his face to the week that we celebrate. Not just some week that we just throw on the calendar and try to get people amped up and try to have high attendance on Easter Sunday. 
But it's a week, a real week, in a real day, in a real time in history where a real man named Jesus, who was God in the flesh, enters into the city knowing good and well that it would end horrific for him on the cross while so that we could live for God. So that we could be made right for God. Church, that's what we celebrate. That's what we set our heart to. Why would we not set our eyes to Jerusalem? Why would we not set our face and our desire to Jerusalem? To intimate, I mean, imminent death for us. Because it's in that death that we find life. That's the only place to find life is in Christ. Not in stuff, not in uh, likes on Facebook, not in uh, promotions, not in a full bank account, not in none of that stuff. Life is found only in Christ. Nothing else. Everything else leaves us empty. So I mean, his passion, his desire, his commitment to the mission that was set before him stir us. Oh, church, may it stir us in such a way that we go all in on the mission no matter the cost. No matter the cost. That, that we would go all in and that we would serve him, that we would die to self and do whatever it is he asks us. So maybe, maybe, maybe this week as you set your face to Jerusalem and the death that you have to die, what would that look like? And, and, and maybe that calls now this moment. Maybe you've come to church for years, or you've been around it for years, or you've just been invited by a crazy neighbor or some crazy person from here that just won't leave you alone, and you've, you've walked in and you've wondered, what the heck is this about? This crazy guy on the stage screaming at me. Well, that's every week. We love you. It's because I love you. And it was really loud and animated. I'm sorry that I'm not sorry. That's just me. It's the best you're going to get. But, but maybe it's in this moment that Jerusalem becomes new for you. And it's saying, hey, come on. Me going to Jerusalem was so that you can die and come and live in me. And so maybe for the first time this morning, that's what God's beckoning in your heart to come to him. And so maybe this morning, the thing you set your face to is Jesus and salvation. Or, or maybe this week, as you prepare and celebrate and get ready for Easter week, you're reminded this morning in this one what seems to be very simplistic little verse with such meaning and depth. Maybe you're reminded this morning of the call for you to set your face on Jerusalem and, and death. And, and maybe the death that you die this week is a death of getting over the fear of sharing the gospel with your neighbor or inviting your neighbor or friend or family member or whoever uh, to the spring fling. Or, or maybe it's inviting them to the, to the Monday Thursday service. Or maybe it's just, uh, just inviting them over for a dinner where, where you can just Get to know them better or talk to them or figure out who they are more. I don't know what that death for you will look like this week. But man, my prayer and my hope for us as the church is that we would set our face to Jerusalem. Not just here in this 45 minutes of us gathering, but that when we leave this place, our face is set to Jerusalem, set to the mission that God has given us, called us into. So may this Palm Sunday, we be reminded of who Jesus is and what he's accomplished during Holy Week as he set his face to Jerusalem for the very reason of going and dying a criminal's death so that you and I could be made right with God, so that you and I would have opportunity to walk relationally with the God of the universe and, and that we would not be required to pay a debt that we can never pay as a result of our sin and our rebellion. So this morning as we close, we've got communion. We're going to celebrate in communion this morning. 
Um, and so as they lead us in this last song of worship, if you want to come and pray, if you want to prepare your heart, I know there in Corinthians, Paul talks about uh, checking yourself and making sure in your heart and in, in, in your life that there is not a habitual life of sin over and over, running to sin and, and, and not dying to, to, to self and living to Christ. He, he warns the church there in Corinth meant to assess and to check your heart. And so maybe this morning as they lead us, that's, what's, that's what you need to do. Is you just need to check yourself. You just need to pray and ask God, okay, is there, is there anything in me right now? Is there sin in me? Is there, is there something that's just kind of standing in, in, in the way between our relationship that's fractured that? And if something, just spend time praying. Spend time asking God. Spending, spend time saying, okay, wh- wh- where have I not set my eyes and face toward Jerusalem? Where have I rebelled? And then after... We spend some time worshiping here, then we'll come together and we'll close with communion and taking of the elements of the cross, the body and the blood, and we'll celebrate. We'll celebrate this morning, this Holy Week that we're entering into. We'll celebrate the reality of who Jesus is. And so even by us just taking of the elements of the cross is, is, is another symbol and picture of us, of us dying to self, of us setting our face to Jerusalem. As we take that, what we're saying and proclaiming is that Jesus is who he says he is. And that I want to enter into, I've entered into relationship with him and I'm proclaiming to the world until he comes that he is the Savior. That he he has lived a perfect life. Sinless, goes to the cross for me. Dies, buried, and resurrects three days later. So I don't know what God's stirring in your heart. I'll be down here, Jimmy's down here. If you'd like to talk more about what it means to have a relationship with him, if you'd like someone just to pray with you, encourage you, that's what we're here for. But you prepare your heart, you set yourself Set your face on Jerusalem and you be obedient to God in this moment. And we'll close this morning by taking communion together. Father, help us hear from you. Help us follow after you. God, help us die that death that you, that you died. Father, help us to be reminded that it's not about us, it's about you. And God, I don't, I don't care who you are. Death's always ugly, and dirty, and hard, and difficult. So Father, in this moment as... You beckon us to come, Father. May we be reminded of that. And God, no matter the death that you've called us into, God, the life that you give is so much greater. So much greater. So, Father, work and move like only you can. Help us set our face to Jerusalem, to the calling that you put on our life, to take the gospel to the nations, to make disciples, to live out in glad obedience who you are in this day in this world. So let me pray. Amen. You guys stand. They're going to lead us. You be obedient to God's call.